0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Micah, chapter 6, begins with the Lord saying, Rise, plead your case before the mountain, and let the hills hear your voice. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. The Lord recalled how he had freed them from Egypt, delivered them at the hands of Moses, and saved them from their enemies like King Balak as they moved to occupy the promised land. The Lord had clearly been faithful to them throughout it all. The kingdom of Israel, on the other hand, had been faithless in return. In the verses that come next, seemingly voiced by the prophet Micah on behalf of the people, we are given the impression that the people sought to appease God through sacrifice. The prophet said, Facing what seemed like the wrath of the divine, the people sought common answers of their time and place to appease our Creator. Sacrifice seemed to be what uh, God was after, in one way or another. After all, do not great upheavals force us all into a place of sacrifice, whether we choose it or not? Natural disasters like forest fires droughts, earthquakes, tornadoes, or hurricanes, for instance, force sacrifice out of everyone in, the, in their path. If these are understood to be acts of God, as they are still called in American legal parlance, will not, will not God be equally or even more appeased if these sacrifices are offered up voluntarily ahead of time? Well, one might think so. For farmers and ranchers in the room, can you imagine how much money you could get for thousands of rams today? Now imagine how much more they were worth in, ancient time, in an ancient era of perpetual scarcity. It's really quite remarkable in our day and age that we can eat meat every day if we choose. Most eras of human history, that was not possible. And Micah puts forth that the people would just burn all those rams up give them over to God? Harris's, would you guys do that? (laughs) Got a shout-out to my local ranch families here. This is a great sacrifice indeed. And oil was worth a great deal more back then, so it is hard to translate into prices of our time. But we can trust that uh, the oil talked about here is a hefty, hefty sacrifice Because it is talked about as being comparable to thousands of rams. All of these sacrifices are far outweighed in my mind by the idea that God would desire of the people that they sacrifice their firstborn children in order that the Almighty might be appeased. The cost of that is far far too much to bear. And we may think of people pleading with God that their sacrifices might be worthy of forgiveness as some sort of ancient foolishness. But how many of us plead with God that we might be considered worthy in God's eyes based on what we have given up? It is tempting to think of our relationship with the Almighty in transactional ways, falling into the trap of believing that God desires what we can give up as an offering before we can be made worthy of our maker. There's a lot of what I like to call Santa Claus Christianity out there. The belief that good people get rewarded for their good deeds and acts of faith, while bad people experience misfortune in straightforward ways on account of their bad deeds. With this kind of mindset, the most sacrificial person in pursuit of faith should be rewarded the most, right? While those who do not spend their time praying, worshiping, giving to the poor or the church and so on and so forth should receive no favor from God. Those with a Santa Claus Christianity mindset are always looking for ways and for the thousand rams that they can sacrifice so that they can earn the Lord's favor. Believing that God is just waiting to get paid off somehow with what we give up. The good news we hear from Prophet Micah this week, though, is that God is not some sort of cosmic exploiter. God does not try to extract what we earn, force us into acts of faithfulness, or demand anything from us at all, really, in order to show us love. Much as we would, I, at least I hope, we would never say to our own children something like, I will withhold my love from you until you grow up. Show me that you can hold down a job, earn your keep, and prove that you are worthy of my love. So ideas about sacrifice <clears throat> do not come from God, but from us. Who are imperfect and broken. Instead, we hear from Micah what the Lord does desire. Our passage for this week ends with verse 8, which says, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Do justice love kindness walk humbly with your God instead of sacrifices of expensive herds and oils God desires that we embody justice we embody kindness we embody reverence for our maker the Lord is not standing far off as a divine peddler of eternal rewards But instead, means to inspire us to be better to the world and everyone in it than we might might otherwise be. Embody goodness and faithfulness in all you do. This is what our Creator requires of you. Nothing more, nothing less. So what do these terms from Micah's prophecy mean? we are first expected to do justice. In one right, justice for the prophet means what we uh, mean when we talk about our system of justice in the United States. That is, holding people to account for the crimes and sins that they commit. While our system has failings uh, for how it often wrongly condemns those who cannot afford their own defense, while at the same time struggles to hold those who can pay for a robust defense to account for their crimes. Nevertheless, it is significant that sins and crimes against others are held to account in our society. We pray for accountability in the inexplicable police murder in Tennessee that was made uh, public this week. More than that though, To do justice means that we are to be perpetually discontent with poverty and harm that grips our neighbors, whether we know them or not. The Lord requires of us that we work toward the good in our world, refusing to give up on easing the suffering, hunger, homelessness, and pain of others. More than sacrifices to heaven, God desires for us to work, to give, <clears throat> work and give to help the needs of our neighbors in this world. The Prophet also says that the Lord expects us to love kindness. That seems simple enough at face value, right? Who doesn't love kindness? However, when we reflect more deeply, we can see that for us to love kindness opens us to various vulnerabilities than we would otherwise suffer. For one thing, those who embody kindness can be taken advantage of more easily than if they were, say, more standoffish and distant. It is easier to take from those who have more generous spirits than those who do not. More than that, those who love kindness are compelled to love the unlovable. To be kind to the spiteful and to care for the uncaring. Sometimes it is much easier to demonize those we cannot stand, write them off, just go our separate ways, right? Instead, to love kindness means that we are called to be kind to those who do not really deserve it. In doing so, we reflect the love of God who is kind and good to us even though we are not kind and good in return. While most of us probably love kindness when it is shown by others to us, it is much harder to embody kindness within ourselves because of all that it requires. Finally, the Lord tells us through the prophet Micah that we are to walk humbly with our God. Here the the Hebrew word for humbly can also be translated as faithfully or reverently. In all we do, it is good for us to walk faithfully, faithfully with God, having reverence for our Creator. It is good for us to acknowledge in all we do that goodness comes from God. The path to justice is first shown by our Lord who embodies justice eternally. The way of loving-kindness is modeled to us first by our Maker. If we walk humbly with our God as we seek to embody what the Lord requires of us, we will find a higher, truer, and nobler example of what God wants for us than we could uh, ever see otherwise. As we seek to be good, let us always plan to walk humbly with the One who shows us what goodness is. At the end of the day, God calls us to let go of any notions of sacrifice and a transactional spirituality. God is not our exploiter. Instead, God means to be our inspiration. Doing justice and loving kindness is the way of the one whom we worship And as we walk humbly with the Lord, our God, may we continually be encouraged to perpetuate the good. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.